It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins on today's Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today is the trade deadline, a day in which a lot of Dolphins fans have been waiting for for quite some time to uh, finally hear the rumors and see the rumors come to an end. For now. So what's going to happen? Let's talk about it today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins Life, long Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at draftnetwork.com, and excited uh, to get into a Tuesday episode with each and every one of you, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen throughout the course of the day. And today is November 2nd, which means today is the NFL trade deadline at 4 p.m. If 4 p.m. comes and goes, and the Dolphins have not made, quote-unquote, the trade, the, the long-rumored maneuver to acquire one Houston quarterback to Sean Watson. It, in my opinion, will not be the end of this story, but it should be the end of this story until March because nothing's going to happen. Now, Deshaun Watson the quarterback is going to have legal issues at hand that need to be resolved. But that's his story. That's not the Dolphins' story. The Dolphins' story here is their consideration to acquire this player. And today is the last day that that trade can transpire until the start of the league year in March. Which means... If it doesn't happen by 4 p.m. today, I would hope everybody's mindset as Dolphins fans becomes that of, I hope Tua Tungvaloa plays his ass off and makes the Dolphins' decision for them. Is that easier said than done? Of course it is. But if everybody loves this team and wants to root for this team, they should want nothing more than for Tua Tungvaloa to be the best player he can be. Joe Rose said it himself on Saturday, right? Even if you're not a person who thinks the Dolphins should remain committed to Tua Tungvaloa in the long term, as the long-term answer at the quarterback position, Tua playing as good a football as we can possibly imagine is the best possible outcome for all parties on this fan base. And that's going to be the focus 
uh, assuming we get past four o'clock and, and nothing happens. Um, I'm not going to predict whether something's happened. I know Adam Schefter last night on Monday Night Football said, oh, it up here is unlikely. In Rappaport on Sunday said both teams have talked and they're open to a trade. Houston's problem is all of the reporting that, that has come out, um, to my understanding, is accurate, is Deshaun Watson has only waived his no-trade clause to play for the Miami Dolphins. And apparently, according to the Houston Chronicle, and this, you know, people are very skeptical about where and why information is coming out. And I know when the Houston Chronicle had their last report, everybody said, ah, you know, this is just an information sting from the Texans. The Houston Chronicle reported last night that Deshaun Watson has told the Texans he will only accept a trade to the Miami Dolphins. I can tell you that ain't coming out from Houston because that's the Houston Texans' worst nightmare. Is a player with an no-trade clause who's going to tell the team that's trying to trade him, you got one spot, made it happen. Because now you've got no leverage. And whether Houston decides to make some uh, understand they don't have leverage and it's not going to change or whether they try to draw this out and hope that a changing landscape creates more avenues and and more destinations to try to trade him to. So there is a little bit more of a a bargaining market. I thought that was a fascinating bit to this storyline last night. When that came out, that was kind of an eyebrow raiser. And I guarantee you that did not come from the Texans camp because I cannot imagine the Texans want that out there. But the trade deadline is not just a storyline that involves the quarterback position and Deshaun Watson, of course. We also have uh, Xavier Howard. According to reports, David Howard is unlikely to be traded. This report came courtesy of, I believe it was Albert Breer? Oh, Matt Lombardo, excuse me. So Matt Lombardo tweeted yesterday, one name that won't, that appears to be off the trade market, according to sources, is Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. It's always possible Howard winds up a part of a blockbuster with Deshaun Watson, but Miami has no plans of moving him. Okay. I would imagine that's probably because the market right now is not where you'd like it to be. And it's the same thought process for every player. You don't want to give a player away. And I've seen the tweets, Chris Greer lighting up a cigar after trading away Xavier Howard for a 2024 sixth, right? Like, and it's all fun and games. But uh, I do think that is somewhat relevant that you're not just going to give a player away, and that would be irresponsible. And I know we've alluded to the fact that we do need to kind of re-examine the value of draft selections and draft choices. And look at some of the other teams across the league because the Rams just traded for Von Miller. 
And I, I do want to talk about the Von Miller trade because I did see a couple Dolphins fans that were bummed that the Dolphins weren't involved in the discussion for Von Miller. Okay, let's talk about Von Miller. Von Miller, one of the most accomplished pass rushers in NFL history. He's been in the league 10 years. He's got 110 and a half sacks. 25 career force fumbles. Traded for a second and third round pick in 2022 to the Los Angeles Rams. First of all, good on the Denver Broncos. That is a tremendous return on investment. A second and a third for Von Miller. Why is that a tremendous return on investment? Because Von Miller is in a contract year. And Denver is paying like $9 million of Miller's remaining nine and three quarter million dollar salary this year. So they're effectively footing the bill and they gave Von Miller from a financial perspective away. They kept the, the cap hit on the books and they effectively bought a second and a third round pick for Von Miller. Von Miller, 32 years old, contract year, slowing down from a play perspective. And and you have to be honest about that as well. It's been good to see him back healthy this year, but he missed significant amounts of time. Missed nine or seven. He missed all of 2020. And then he missed the game in 2019. It would make absolutely zero sense for the one in seven Miami Dolphins to be bringing in a 32-year-old pass rusher in a contract year and giving up a two and a three to do it. Because what are you going to accomplish? You're going to get him in the building for nine games, and then he's going to go be a free agent and probably sign somewhere else? You're going to give that away for a nine-game stretch when your season's already beyond the brink? Not for me. So that's the thought process. If the Dolphins are going to buy anything in the trade deadline, it has to be a player with multiple years left under his contract. And I don't know that those kinds of deals are going to move towards Miami relative to other contenders who have a motivation to overpay, which is what the Rams did. They have a motivation to give away a two and a three for Von Miller in a contract year because they put the chips in the table and they said, we are all in. To the point in which the social account even tweeted out, we are all in, splashing the chips. Listen up, Dolphins fans. If you drive a lot, you got to make sure you get this incredible app, Get Upside. Listeners of this show are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. 
cash back. It's added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift cards for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Peter King reported names like Devontae Parker and Mac Hollins can be had. I'd, I'd kind of quietly be ticked if they traded Mac. Mac does a lot of things for this team. I like Mac. I like the energy he has. I like his play on special teams a lot. He does have some modest upside as a pass catcher. He can't separate with the best of them, and that's fine. But I don't think you're using him in a role. You should be using him in a role that asks him to do that. Go back to the preseason game with the RPO over the middle against Atlanta. Juggling catch. But it's play action. It's suck the linebackers up, create a void, big body, can play tough. I have a great admiration for what Matt Collins has been able to do in his time in Miami. He's one of those players who has seemingly bought into the messaging and has advanced his career and raised his floor as a player. And we haven't seen a lot of that from Dolphins players this year, from last year to this year. But at the same time, we do have examples of these kinds of steps forward. Guys like Max, Zach Sealer, Nick Meenum. I'm just curious why it's always the guys who uh, were cut or undrafted who come in here and, and really stick and latch on. Are they internally motivated because of their own trials and tribulations and challenges? I don't know. But I would hope that Matt Collins does survive the trade deadline because Matt Collins is somebody who I could absolutely see being a fixture for another couple of years. I know he's an expiring contract, so you're going to have to figure out contract situation, but I, I can't imagine that if Mac likes being here, the financials would be hard to figure out to make sure that he stays here. That's probably it. For trade deadline talk, I mean, 
I don't expect the Dolphins are going to be buyers for an offensive lineman just because I don't think there's a lot of offensive linemen that are going to be available at the trade deadline. And anybody who's trading away quality offensive linemen, more power to you. But we're in season. You're going to need that insurance policy mid-year. So instead, I'd like to talk a little bit by the numbers about week eight and the performance that was had by a number of players that we're continuing to evaluate. And we got to start with one player who, thankfully, we, we know who this player is. We don't need to evaluate this player anymore. Because this player has told us time and time again what he is as a player. Of course, talking about Jesse Davis. Starting right tackle Jesse Davis. Up to 500 snaps on the season. Jesse Davis gave up eight pressures against the Buffalo Bills. Eight. They don't have anybody else out that they feel comfortable putting out there at this point, and I understand why it's not going to change. But at some point, you got to be willing to try something different just to see what happens. Instead of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And Jesse has had a couple of games, you know, two pressures against the Colts, one pressure against Tampa Bay, one pressure against Atlanta. But he also gave up six against the Jaguars. He's given up 12 pressures in two games against the Bills this year, including the hit that broke to his ribs. Jesse seems like a great dude. Smart. You know, kind of took the path, right? He was a UDFA uh, out of Idaho in 2015. He's paid his dues. But he's also almost equaled his pressures from last year in half the sna- less than half the snaps. He was credited last year with 34 pressures. And that was with taking 186 reps at left tackle, 509 reps at right guard, 354 reps at right tackle. One thousand and fifty-five snaps. Six hundred and fifty-seven pass reps. Thirty-four pressures. This year, three hundred and sixty pass reps. 29 pressures. You don't got anybody else that you want to try to, you don't, you don't want to try to put Robert Hunt back at right tackle. I sure would love to see anybody else taking those reps at this point as we are trying to evaluate players on the offense, including Robert Hunt. Robert Hunt, Credited with one pressure against Buffalo. It was a bad one. Forced uh they, they gotta figure out their squeeze rules. Um so it appeared as though there was somebody that was kind of sugared up into the or or walked up into the A gap, a linebacker threat inside. And then there was a three tech, 
and an outside man. I believe this was a screenplay. I haven't the the all twenty two is only coming out this morning for me, so I'm not going to get a chance to watch it until this afternoon. But the second level threat didn't come. But Robert's eyes stayed inside as though he was protecting inside. Well, Jesse is eyeing outside and never gave any consideration to the three technique that's on his frame. And it's a free run. And I don't know if that's communication. I know sometimes they will communicate, hey, we've got a threat here. I'm accounting. we got to take the most dangerous guys. So everybody squeeze. I think J.T. O'Sullivan calls it pizza. But squeeze inside. Take the most dangerous threats. If you're going to give a free runner, give the free runner off the edge. And then it's the quarterback's responsibility to understand that he is hot. Numbers obviously didn't work out. Should have been an adjustment. But so I don't I don't know what was going on there, but a lot of the losses and whiffs for Miami with interior pressure are miscommunications. The tackles at times are just getting schooled. Liam Eikenberg didn't have a good game against Buffalo either. Rousseau worked him a bit. In life, we're all bound for different things. With beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or may you be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar, maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've had a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll I'll be as happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for at Beachbound.com? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I think Brandon Jones is looking pretty good. If we're going to continue working through some players that are uh, evaluation players, for us and this team kind of looking forward and, and figuring out what we got in certain guys. I've enjoyed watching Brandon Jones take reps. Uh, he played 33 snaps uh, against Buffalo. He was in the mid-20s the three games before that. But he's a um, high-energy player. He was okay in coverage. You know, he was targeted three times this past past week. He gave up three receptions, but only th- seven yards after the catch, long of 13. That's going to be the, the, the big thing for Brandon Jones to figure out. What your ceiling is as a player is to work on some ball production. Um, now, granted, his, his usage 
is not necessarily super friendly to um, getting a lot of those reps, but I thought it was interesting. He played 29 snaps at free safety for the Dolphins in week eight against the Bills. 29 snaps in the box, but 20 snaps at free safety. That's not a small number. So if we're going to see him continue to play in deeper coverages, I'm certainly going to be watching to get a feel for how Brandon Jones does in those opportunities. Um, but he's he's been effective as a blitzer. He's got a couple of sacks. And now he's starting to get a little bit more diverse role. And that's exciting because if he's going to uh, be a long-term fixture, he's going to have to make sure he has appeal uh, in a number of different ways. And if I'm being honest, I, I think I'm at the point right now where I would advocate for a total change in leadership for the Miami Dolphins from a football operations standpoint. That means GM and head coach. The Dolphins are one and seven. They've regressed in every area to an alarming degree. For Chris Greer, I think Chris Greer has to wear the badge of responsibility for what the 2020 draft was. I think Brian Flores has had a heavy hand in a lot of the decision-making process, that collaborative effort, but it's also Chris Greer's job to push back when necessary. And it seems like, based on some of the speculation about Brian Flores and the hand that he's had in player personnel and some of the other NFL executives, I know there was a story that dropped for, I think it was the athletic and they were asking about, about the dolphins and Flores and, you know, these other executives kind of alluded to, you know, I kind of get the sense Brian Flores doesn't know what he wants uh, because they're in on players and then they're out on players one year later, uh, kind of wasteful with the draft selections. And it is a collaborative effort, which kind of stinks, but that's Chris Greer's job is, is to run the show effectively. And if you're just going to defer instead of collaborate and, and ask him to come meet you and, and bend to your will at times too, you don't have an evenly balanced power dynamic. You get a guy who's in charge who's simply saying, yeah, yeah, it's his call. It's his thought. And I don't know that for sure, but that's trying to piece everything together. That's kind of the sense that you get. And that's Chris's fault. If that is indeed true, I'm all for, you know, holding people accountable for the missteps on this organization. But I mean, there's, there's people blaming Chris Greer for everything up. And I would half expect to open the bird app and find that somebody's blamed Chris Greer for high gas prices. Like they, he gets blamed for everything. Hold him accountable for what he's responsible for. Yes, absolutely. But let's be objective and let's understand what blame deserves to go to what place. And it's hard. And everybody's frustrated, so you want to have somebody to blame. And this year, Chris Greer's the pinata. I get it. So Chris Greer, he's got to own the 2020 draft, and I think he's got to own this power dynamic in Miami getting to a place in which I, I think it's it's too uneven. And then, from Brian Flores' perspective, 
I'm afraid we're past the point of return for hiring coaches. If Brian Flores has earned this reputation, it's being hard to work with. We're seeing guys leave posts for the Dolphins to take the same job somewhere else, which we've seen a number of times. How in the world are you going to change that overnight, one offseason? Who are you going to hire to run this offense? And how are you going to get him to sign a contract here if Brian Flores has the reputation that he does? And that's the thing for me. I'm not... I'm less worried about the fact that the Dolphins are penalized this year when they weren't last year. I am terrified that we that that we're past the point of no return for hiring quality coaches and building a quality staff because it is very important. And we went out, we got a bunch of young guys that are providing a bunch of young coaches with opportunities. And that's fine, but you don't have leadership in the rooms because you're super young, and you don't have leadership in the coaching staff, and that's been by choice, by choice, and you have whittled away at that coaching staff for reasons that we may never know the full truth of, but we have heard Coach Flores is very tough on his assistants, which makes it hard to work at sometimes. So what do you do? You go get young guys that don't know any better. Or young guys that are thrilled to have a chance to be in the pros. So they're more willing to deal with the hardship of the high-pressure, high-intensity environment to work in. I don't know how you fix that. And if you can't fix that, Miami needs to fix the offense. If you can't fix the offense with the coach that's in place and you have to change the coach. So, unfortunately, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. We're through eight games. We're about halfway through the season. But as of right now, you know, if I were making the decision, that would probably be the way I would be leading. And you can't do one without the other. If they came in together and we said this is a collaborative effort, Hand-chosen pairing of guys with a vision. Don't be one foot in and one foot out. Interesting times ahead. Hey, make sure you visit thedraftnetwork.com. Do a seven-round Dolphins mock with no trades and send it to me if you are interested in sitting with me on Sunday and watching the Texans and Dolphins play. I've got an extra ticket. I'm giving it away for free. Price of on the house. But the way you win, you got to go to thedraftnetwork.com backslash mock-draft-machine. Pick the Dolphins. Seven rounds. No trades. Want to be fair to everybody. There is a premium option, but that would involve trades, and I don't want to prompt anybody to pay for premium in order to have a chance to win these tickets. So you cannot do trades. Dolphins first pick right now at 13. Act accordingly. We'll see what you cook up. And we'll see what the Dolphins cook up throughout the rest of the day. Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always. Keep it plugged in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day. Make it a great one. Fins up. Talk to you on the other side of the trade deadline. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 